now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win broadcast, broadcast, podcast, I like keeping that in there though, Wake Up and Win podcast, broadcast, whatever you like to see it as, you're on the Wake Up and Win podcast, you're tuning in, I am Devon Pouncey, and today we have a very special guest, and he is a producer extraordinaire is what I like to call him because he is the former producer of the hit show, the Justin and Devon show that used to be on that station over there. Um, And now he's podcasting, producing his own things as well. Alex Moore, man. What's up? up? Thank you so much for having me on today, man. Uh, You got to look back at the Justin Devon show. I think it's a, it's a, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's a classic. classic. (laughs) I was on Justin's show not too long ago on his morning show. You know, he's doing mornings now over at 620. And uh, we did the Ebony and Ivory segment. So beautiful. On his show. Yeah, I was on there like the first day of the NCAA tournament, obviously. Yeah. Me being a college basketball analyst, he had me come on like Love an it. hour before tip off of the first game of the NCAA tournament this year. And uh, yeah, it was it was St. Patty's Day. It was uh-huh. St. Patrick's Day yeah. when the tournament started. And basically his question was, oh, no. do black people celebrate St. <laughs> Patrick's Day? <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> On morning radio. Yeah. But that was what made the segment so dope. It's yeah. basically for those of you that don't fully understand the concept yet, it was ask a black guy, ask a white guy when Justin and I used to co-host. And so I'd ask some questions about white people that I may not have had a full grasp on and he asked me questions about black people that he may not have had a full grasp on and it was kind of a hit segment and and he brought it back to life on uh saint patrick's day asking me that question after talking about college hoops yeah we were trying to save race relations yeah one one 15 minute segment we said hey we got a safe place for you you can ask any question you want justin can ask any question you want Luckily, you didn't get too overboard. You yeah, know, you yeah, he, got, he kept it safe. safe. He, <laughs> but he did a good job of that. So yeah. no, he that did was a great such job. Such a fun segment. Such a fun segment. A- absolutely. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot. It, you learned a lot, <laughs> and there was definitely other people that worked there where yeah. we used to work that took it overboard. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I remember a couple of those. Yeah, 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 there were. Yeah. I mean, and I've talked about it here on yeah. this podcast before. Yeah. I've talked about the Dino situation. You have. To, you have. Yeah, I've, I've talked about because that even like for me that was a crazy introduction to like being a professional in media. Yeah, of <laughs> um, course. That was my first job out of college. Yep, like I yep. was, I was one of the rare ones who was like able to get a show like two weeks after I graduated yep. college, and so um, I kind of got introduced to it. Pretty, pretty in an insane way. Thrown into the fire. You had the Dino situation. Lars, we had Lars with us every morning just doing what he does. Yep. I low key, low key, I have love for Lars because I just kind of yeah. respect. I respect him, and you know he's such a hardworking guy and stuff like that. Right, and he pushed us. He well, pushed us, and I- that was nice. But. Then I, I check his Twitter feed every once in a while. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. See, the thing was, and I tell people this, I was on a Tyson Alger's show. You know, he's got his new podcast, new platform, yeah. the I-5 Corridor. So he had me on like a month or so ago, just talking about my career and everything. And in an odd way, I give Lars some credit for why it is that I do what I do today. Yeah, definitely. Because, like you said, we had a different seat than most people that can only see him on Twitter or yep. can only, you know, watch him on Fox News or wherever else he ends up being on yep. some conservative channel because he's very conservative. But we got to see how hard he did work. He was there. He was the first one there. It was like basketball. He was the first one at the studio. He yep. was the last one to leave. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? And, and then, as well as you mentioned, like, 
none of us could have predicted that, like, because this is 2017. Yeah. None of us could have predicted that 2020 was going to be three years later. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you really think about it, like, yeah. how insane of a year the year 2020 was from, like, a social justice standpoint. Yeah. And, like... When it became kind of a two side things, like kind of a tale of two Americas moment yep. during that entire year with all that we went through, it was like I knew how to kind of handle that and navigate that because I had to do it every morning with Lars Larson along with you, along exactly. with Justin. So when it came that time, I was able to kind of like step up. And, you know, I started doing a lot more. Uh, I started making a lot more appearances. I started being on international news. I mm -hmm. started, you know, doing a lot more. And then at the same time with the work that I do with Street Roots, a lot of it is anti-police work in some ways. And so, and we had done some pretty major things here in the yeah. market with it. Yeah. So I was kind of not only looked to as like a black guy who could speak on these very sensitive issues at this very unique time in sure. American history and world history for that matter. Um, I was able to like do it so comfortably because yeah. I had to kind of like go up against Lars Larson. Yeah. So now I'm confident being able to speak about these issues on these bigger platforms because I kind of know what's coming from the people that may not necessarily align with me. And he pushed me to go learn more about why I stand where I stand politically totally, and, and socially. So a lot of it was like, like I remember, I don't think I even told this story on Tyson's show, but I remember when the Justin and Devon show came to an end. This is a story. Okay. I don't think I've even said this on this podcast either. Um, the Justin and Devon show ends and uh, I'm going to Alpha to go pick up like my severance check, like my last and final check. Yeah, I'm going to pick it up. And I get on, you know, you had to go to the elevator. You know, that's Pac West Sitter, man. That's, that's high rise. Up top. Yeah. It's, up, it's up there. <laughs> and so uh, I'm going to get on the elevator, and I get on the elevator at the same time as Lars as we're going up. Oh, that's fun. And yeah, and this is like my last day <laughs> of, of working here. And he was like, he was like sympathetic. He's like, man, honestly, like, I feel so bad for you guys. I had no idea that yeah. your show was getting cut. Like, I, I loved the energy, and I loved having you guys here in studio. I yep. thought you guys were great. Like, this was a shock to me, mm -hmm. basically. And one thing he said to me was, like, anything you ever need from me, like, just reach out to me. Cool. And obviously, I've never, I haven't spoken to Lars since that day. Yeah. And I'll be 100% honest with you. In my mind, I thought... I want to do everything in my absolute power in this world to make sure that I never need you. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I knew 95%. I mean, we talk, we conversed every day. Yeah, yeah. And I knew just he and I just didn't stand for the same thing. Yep, yep. But I saw how much influence he had. I saw how successful he was in this particular space. And I saw that there were a lot more people in the space that reflected him and mm. who he was than that of that reflected me and who I was. So to be able to kind of have that as a firsthand experience as my introduction into like journalism and broadcasting, it was like, all right, this is motivating me for be able to stand for a side that I don't see reflected here. And that also resembles me. So yeah. I give him credit for like me still doing what I'm doing today. And I still got a lot of love for Lars and who knows, maybe one day I will need him again. <laughs> but <laughs> 
the plan still is to never need him again because I know we just don't stand for the same thing, and that's okay. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to stand for what I stand for, but mm-hmm. also, again, I saw the power and the influence he had in that building and mm-hmm. nationwide, yeah. really, and, yep. and it, it influenced me, man, to really go do, like, world-changing work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so interesting to look back at the beginning of our kind of, you know, careers or in, in into radio and into audio and just seeing, like, you're totally right. It was very reflective of how the times have turned now. Yeah. Because those conversations, I remember we had a conversation with Lars when it was one morning, I think it was even after like the Vegas shooting or something dark like that. Yeah. You know? And we got in this argument with Lars about guns and stuff like that. And he just didn't understand where we were coming from. I remember telling him like the system is broken. It's clearly yeah. broken. And he just didn't understand. He doesn't he think grasp the, it. he doesn't think the system is broken. Right. And I always thought in my head, just like you know, and we were up there too, but it's like Lars is up on the sixth floor of this fancy building and he's talking yeah. to everyone over the radio and he, you know, he's he syndicated in like way. 75 yeah, cities exactly. nationwide. Like he's, 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 locked he's a radio in. star. Yeah. He's locked into what he believes and what he's doing because it's, it's successful for him. Right. And you can tell he loves what he's doing too. Right. But it's super interesting to see it kind of mirror what happened in 2020. I haven't really thought about it until you just said it just now, but we were actually being prepared in a sense by Lars and just by the conversations we're having on air with yep. Justin yep. and everything to kind of kind of handle how the world was turning a little a little way. So, yeah, I am actually super thankful for those conversations. I am, too. man. I like like I again like it, it's crazy that it was that way, but it was like and I had already had an introduction to like the sports and politics intersection. I was doing yeah. this podcast back when we were in radio. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And oh, I was, yeah. and I, and it, everybody didn't feel that way. I mean, we no. podcasted our actual radio shows, but I was like, I was one, especially to be a full time host. Like we yeah. had producers and stuff who like did their own podcasts and stuff like that. But like for me to be a full time on air host mm-hmm. at that time, it's like nah, I'm I'm podcasting as well at the same time. Yeah, and like Get folks it. looked at me kind of crazy, and so I was already like I said introduced to the sports and politics intersection, and I'd start learning a lot of history up front of it. I had yeah. met a lot of great people that work in that particular space, still do, but. He was the first one to challenge what I thought was right, or even I still may think is right, but what I felt, what I believed, and essentially what I was learning. And I had to really, you know what I mean? Like, make sure that I wasn't just saying this because I'm around other people that are successful saying this. Exactly. I had to, like, make sure that I could stand on my own, too, in these conversations that I'm having. So, again... Once the pandemic came around and the George Floyd stuff went down, like I'm making appearances left and right and yeah. I'm just smoking you, them and I'm still You're ready. Yeah, I was ready. And yeah. I'm still doing these international appearance appearances to this day. And it's like I didn't realize until I was in that moment. Yeah. What had really truly prepared me for that moment. And again, a lot of the work that I do at Street Roots, I give them credit as well. Of but course, obviously that's the work that I'm doing and that yeah. I'm integrated with. But like from an opposing side, like I, I knew that what I could say being on a broadcast in Washington, D.C. or in London or in Istanbul, Turkey, like mm-hmm. that can be flipped. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I got to make sure that I know what I'm talking about when I'm up here talking. So, yeah, yeah he he was a uh, it was an interesting time in our lives, man, in I our careers. It. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, it for sure. So like fun. I said, I I 
I didn't allow it to make me bitter, and I'm yeah. grateful for that because yeah. he 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 says some shit that can make you very uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, you know I what remember. I'm saying. So yeah. it was like I and, and being so new in the game, like I could have been so turned off by it. Like yeah. if this is what I got to deal with in this industry, I want to go do something else because exactly. I'm not like it could have definitely gone the wrong way. So I'm grateful that I kind of used that ammo in, into something productive and something positive because. Uh, yeah, I could have been turned off quick. Yeah. And he did what he he attempted to turn us off every morning. <laughs> he he, knew, what, he <laughs> so, knew what pushed our buttons. Here. Yeah. I mean, he knew. He knew I, every morning uh, we were his test. We were his, his, you know, he used us to make sure that he was he was ready to bring the heat. Absolutely. Know, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. So he, he wanted us to fire him up. Yeah. So yeah. that's why he pushed our he, buttons. That's why he pushed our buttons because, yeah. absolutely. It got us, it was like our warm up to the yeah, show. So by the time the up. show started, we didn't need to warm up. Like, yeah. we, was, we were ready. Ready to go. Yeah. I remember one time even with him, I uh we were like walking down the hall, like I was going to the bathroom from the studio and he was coming from you know the studio, yeah, so yeah. you understand the layout. And uh we're walking and I'm going, he's coming, and uh he just gets down in the middle of the hallway and just gets on a knee. Like Kaepernick. No, he took he a knee didn't. like Kaepernick. And oh I got down God. and I took a knee with him. And we were just both in the middle of the hallway looking goofy as hell. Obviously, I supported Kaepernick and he didn't support Kaepernick. So yep, yep. he was like kind of teasing me, being funny about it. And I just kept it funny with him. <laughs> like oh I got down. Gosh. Yeah, it was like, it was crazy times, man. When I think back on it, I'm like, wow, we kind of write a book on this shit. One of my favorite moments is I was just, we had a little kitchen area and we, yeah. I just, I just walk in the kitchen and there's Lars. He's making a sandwich or whatever he was doing. He probably yeah. wasn't making a sandwich, but, <laughs> and he's just, he's just got his gun holster just, uh, just out. It's and I'm like, day. I'm like a, I'm like a 19, <laughs> 20 year old kid. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a live gun in this. Yeah. Someone's gonna come into this radio station get through the door that you need a card to get into get yeah. through the elevator that you need a special card, card to get, get through. into yeah get through the other door that you need a card to get into yeah. and Lars you're gonna play the hero and save our lives <laughs> with your little tiny gun that's in your holster and I was just like oh my we god we used to debate guy, we used to debate guy. with the guy while he had a gun on yeah. his hip like straight like in a was, radio station <laughs> at a radio <laughs> station the worst thing is you're gonna hear you're gonna hear an ice cold take from someone not yeah from, I mean, oh man, we on. can write a book about this shit, dog. <laughs> yeah, we really know, for for the time period that we had that show, up. it was a great show, but it was such a unique time. Cause again, that like we were debating with him about Kaepernick. He had yeah. the gun and we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> We did not have a gun. <laughs> we did not have a gun. And he's just standing. And we're sitting. And he's yeah. standing. Because we weren't going to him to have those conversations. He came to us. He came to us. You're yeah. sitting in your producer chair. Justin yeah. and I are sitting in the cubicle. We're all prepping for the show. Yeah. And like he would like make his way over to us every single day yeah. and just throw a topic out there that he knew was going to push our buttons yeah. and knew was going to get him fired up as well. It was a crazy time, bro. <laughs> Honestly, I look back at it though, then that was some of the most fun I've ever had doing. Absolutely, work, was making that show. Oh man, it's so I, much fun. I it's tell a, people all the time, like I love the work that I'm doing now. I think the work that I do um, means more. And yeah. it's more impactful. Yeah, in it, in a way, I guess I sure. should say that because we had some impactful moments with. Justin and Devon, like of I'll course. never forget the lady calling in who had like stage four cancer and yeah. essentially was on her deathbed. And she's like, 
I really can't do anything for myself, but every morning at 9 a.m., I'm tuned into the Justin and Devon show because you guys make my day while I deal with being oh, in stage. Man. Like, so the impact was great there. Yeah, I'm not yeah, saying that, but yeah. like what I'm doing now it's is different. some pretty crazy yeah. stuff too. It's different. Um, so I, from an impact level, I would say what I do now is more impactful. I've been able to, you know, be a part of some very meaningful change, but that was the funnest job I've ever had in my life. Yeah, it was so fun. <laughs> it was the funnest. Was just so to wake fun. up, yeah. do a three-hour radio show with people you fucked with, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And people that were good at what they did. So yeah. it wasn't like, oh, you're just here because I like you. It's like, no, we're all here because we like each other. Justin was a 14-year radio vet. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were a phenomenal producer. Yeah, and I was just sense. a young kid yeah. that wasn't afraid of the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because I had never done this before, but yeah. I'm like... We here now, so yeah. let's go let's and have a uh, good time. let's have a good time yeah. and, and let's work though. And yeah. then when we get off work, we go have fun. Man, exactly. we might go to um, what was the restaurant we used to go to all the time? Oh, Yard House. Yard House. <laughs> I don't think they're here anymore. I think nope, Yard House not. is gone. Yeah, gone. Just, <laughs> like our, just like our show. <laughs> just like our show. Yeah, us and Yard, and they sponsored us. What yeah. do you know? What a coincidence. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> but no, nah, man, those, those were like I said. I've never had a better job since. Yeah. I've never had a better job before. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine ever being able to have a better job than that, bro. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun job. <laughs> it was a fun job. But you're potting now, bro. Yeah, yeah. You just released the podcast. I did, yeah. It's called The Wasted Race. It First is. off, start with the concept, The Wasted okay, Race. Okay, What are we doing here? So, And I've listened to it, by the way, of course, <laughs> well, but thank, for the listeners. <laughs> Yeah. So first of all, it's it's I mean it's it's basically what I've been doing is I've been trying to explore the medium a little bit differently, I think, than some people do. Right. Um to me, like audio storytelling is super powerful. I love to tell stories. I love to tell my friends stories and And you you're know, a producer and at I'm heart. a producer. That, so that you matters. Know, this is what I like to do. Right. So basically my idea was I'm just gonna give my friends free drinks, you know, just to have a good time. Uh-huh. And then I'm just gonna make them do crazy stuff right and then i'm gonna record it all i have them wear lapel mics the whole time i say you get free drinks you got a mic you got a mic up for the whole time and record it yeah my friends are super chill they're super willing to do this yeah so basically what happens is in my latest episode i i planned a scavenger hunt amazing race uh style thing around portland where i had all my friends go to different places do do different things while they're having a few drinks having a good time and I just asked them to do this, and they said, yeah. What I didn't tell them is there's going to be a big surprise at the end. Right. That's, you know, I didn't tell them about that at all. So at the ending, I do surprise them with something that, you know, they get to drunkenly react to after going through this scavenger hunt around Portland. So yeah. That's the concept of the, of right, the, right, the right. latest episode, yeah. A- a- absolutely. I-, I love the uniqueness of that, though, because this sounds like something that isn't, like, episodic. Like, no. f- Like, this sounds like... A long-term project. Yeah. It's one episode. Yeah. And then what's next? <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I just want to continue doing this. Like, And I I, I, I wanted to talk to you about this because I right. want your insight on this, too. Cause Absolutely. Because I, I feel like your podcast is, is special in that way, too, where you're doing something different than a lot of people are doing. For sure. And so you understand this more than anyone. But to me, the medium... Of, of audio in yeah. general or just podcasting in general has so much like room to grow 
and so much room for art to exist in it. Right. And I feel like it's sometimes it's being taken over by like celebrities mm. who are just like, I just want to interview someone because it's easy money and right. I can make something, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying I don't like those podcasts. I listen to them. I'm sure you too. listen to them too. Absolutely. They are good. There are celebrities that you like and you want to listen to them. But, you know, you know, you watch a short film or something like that, or you read a short story or, you know, you anything that you that you check out that is like, you know, something that was created, a piece of art or something like that. Why can't that exist in podcasting? I just see the medium as something that is already, it's already necessary. Like yeah. people need to listen to podcasts in some sense. Like right. you're on a long drive, you're on an airplane. There are moments when you can't just have a screen in front of your face, and you, but you do still want to be entertained. Right. So for me, it's like there's this area that needs to be explored. So I started off, my first two podcasts are kind of this reality TV style of podcasting. Got it. Where, and, and you could tell the production was great. Oh, uh, thank you. Like, yeah. obviously, mic'd up drunk people is always entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so, 100%. like, it, it's easy to get with. Yeah. But, and, yeah. And I have to give, give a big shout out. Brian Griggs, who was the sound engineer at Alpha. At Alpha and yeah. he probably still is there. Um, he, right. Um, he teamed up with me on this one. And was able to help me out with the, with a lot of the production on the on the second one. So I mean, we I got a professional sound great. engineer to come in and help, and so he was yeah. fantastic. And he was he believed them in the project from day one, and he was behind me the whole time. So that was awesome. But yeah, I mean, I just I just want to do something that's a little bit different. And I like see reality TV. I'm I love reality TV. I'm one of those people. So it's just like when I see it on TV, I was like, why can't we do this in audio? Why can't yeah. why can't I record a night with my friends where we're doing stupid shit and acting crazy and sharing right. it with everyone? Right. Why can't I make my friends do stupid shit and then share it with everyone, share the surprise kind of thing with everyone? So eventually where I want to go is I, I, I do want to make things that are a little bit more artistic in a sense, maybe not a story that's being told from right. back to front all the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just feel like the, I feel like the medium has, has the places to go. And I like, obviously with what you're doing and stuff like that, you know, you're taking two different things, sports and politics and you're pushing them together. Yeah. You know, and, and this like, allows me to do that. Yeah. Especially like working in, in media and journalism, yeah. like from a career standpoint, it's like, you know how it is. Like there's politics within the industry. If yep. I'm, Doing one thing for like if I'm working at Portland State, like there's certain things I got to abide by to yeah. be a broadcaster at Portland State. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> with Street Roots, it still allows me to do more freelance stuff. Of course, and Street yeah. Roots is my full time gig, so I'm allowed to do work with Street Roots, and you know I host the Street Roots podcast. That's yep. a different kind of podcast than, than the Wake yeah. Up and Win <laughs> yeah. podcast. But but with the Wake Up and Win podcast which is also tied to the uniqueness of the medium, as mm -hmm. you mentioned, is that I'm able to just bring it all together in my own creative way, yep. in the way that I want to do it, exactly how I feel like doing it, yeah. week to week, month to month, year to year. It doesn't matter. I can do what I want to do with exactly. this platform. And that matters a lot in that ways that I'm not, that I, you know, I have to do what I'm doing for that particular, you know, uh, publication or, yeah. you know, at Portland State, obviously, you know, working for that university and being a broadcaster there, like, I have to do the job that's necessary for them to be successful. Yep. With the podcast, I get to do, create in a way that yep. no other medium allows. Exactly. And if we, if we diminish that element of podcasting, which we are in some way seeing that, obviously, we're starting to see the Spotify's get into the game. We're starting yeah. to see, you know, these bigger corporate entities get into podcasting and it's going to make podcasting 
have to be deemed a particular way. We've got to challenge that as podcasters exactly. to be able yeah. to keep this freedom and to be able to keep this luxury that we have as podcasters to continue to create and allow the creativity to be endless yep. and not stunt the industry at large. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And that's kind of the way that I feel about it, too, is, you know, when I'm when I'm coming together and making an independent piece, you know, I'm I'm not te- I'm not teaming up with anyone. This is right. just me making it for my own sake. You know, it is a passion project in that sense. Yeah. But also at the same time, I do want to challenge these kind of norms that exist. Like, I don't necessarily want to just do something that every other podcaster is doing. Absolutely. You know, which is exactly what you're doing. And that's what I feel like I'm doing, too, is like this, this, we have a special opportunity here now. It used to be the thing was podcasts are so hot. Podcasts are so hot. Yeah, they've been hot. They've been it's hot. Not, it's you can't just say they're hot right now. Yeah, they've, they've, been, they've hot. been hot. So yes. it, it's gonna exist. They're there. So now, what's the next step? How does it change? How does it grow? How does it evolve? Well, I just feel like it it it, it changes when we're trying to challenge the medium a little bit. You know, there are obviously there are already podcasts that are tell stories or things. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. For you know, sure. but is there is there a podcast where somebody mic'd up a bunch of drunk people and had a party. I don't think so. I didn't no. know, you know, I think that, so that it's challenging a little bit because I wanted to tell a live story, yeah. something that actually happened to me, you know, and I wanted to, you know, show that these are people that they aren't scripted. This isn't written. These yep. are people who are just living their lives and doing things, you know? So I just felt like it was a time to, to challenge it a little bit. And now that I have had a little bit of time to practice storytelling, I feel like my first two, I've done two now, the Tequila Experiment and the Wasted Race are my first two. Um, now that I have a, had a chance to practice storytelling, now I want to challenge the medium even more. Right. Um, so I don't, I, I have ideas of how that looks like. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm trying to figure it out. Obviously, it takes time. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because, you know, sometimes you just want to release things all the time, all the time. Yeah, but yeah, I'm trying yeah. to take my time and think about You've things. You've got a purpose a, in, in podcasting. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't want to rush it, and I, I do want to create something that's cool. Like, you know, like, you know, it's like when someone makes an album, they take their time. You know, Absolutely. they're not releasing it. They're not releasing new music every month or every week or right. something like that. They're taking right. their time to put together a whole piece so i mean that's kind of what i'm leaning towards that's why i've taken a while to you know done the, do the things i do because i needed the practice and I yeah think ultimately yeah. everyone needs it needs practice in some way before they're able to release something you know out because it's such a nerve-wracking thing to release something absolutely so. absolutely no i get it man because like you said even with like the intersecting intersection of sports and politics yeah. like it's hot now but that kind of coverage especially like sports and politics have forever intersected yeah. But it always it wasn't always the popular thing to cover yeah. from a journalist aspect, and obviously that speaks to more accessibility issues in journalism. Exactly <laughs> that that yeah. coverage hasn't happened because there's like a particular group of people who gets those jobs, yep. and so they're missing the point about <laughs> what an entirely different group of people is like dealing with in real time. Particular, yeah, particular. <laughs> the particular is the word of the day. Particular. Uh, <laughs> so it's like when you see that. And it's like, again, obviously 2020 being a huge part of why this coverage is becoming a lot more hot. And now you're seeing, even not even just from a a podcast standpoint, but you're seeing like the app game. Everybody's got a plus network. Yeah, You know what I mean? CNN plus, ESPN plus, Mm. BET plus, like Mm -hmm. Amazon plus. Like everybody's (laughs) got a plus network now because they want to get into that type of content, Mm -hmm. which is obviously having success, which is why it's being invested in. But of course, they're able to invest in it more so than maybe you and I are able to invest in it, who probably could foresee 
all of the value in this space before the people with money could. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I think it's so important. Like when I was when I'm speaking on like me taking my time to get this stuff out. You know, we were also both kind of taking our time as in we were preparing for it, like what we talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah. You know, what we were doing earlier in our careers was us prepping for the moment to happen. Right. You know, you, right. Got, like, you always got to be ready for something that, that something is going, something new is going to happen. And then you always got to be ready to jump on it, you know, especially in your case, too, when with all that stuff happened. Now all those wake up and win podcasts you done, all the work you done on street roots, right? That was all practice for that moment. For that moment, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And so I love that you're keeping that independent mentality. What about like from a career standpoint yeah. though? Like like where do you stand there? Obviously, you know you you you've produced a lot of different things. You yeah. produced for companies since we've last had the radio show, of course. Especially, yep. mm -hmm. um, you've dropped a couple of podcasts on your own, and the production is phenomenal. So, thank you. I know that's still who you are, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, what you yeah. do at I'm heart. Not, like, I'm producer Alex Moore always. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so what is producer Alex Moore doing these days? Yeah, you know. So I've been I've been slowly doing some audio production stuff on the side. Um, right now, I mean, I work in education. I work with kids, which is just always been a love of mine so that's right. kind of what i'm doing on the career side but what's cool about that is it allows me some freedom as far as audio production goes um outside of that so you know i did i'm you know i just produced a i did audio production for like a, a documentary trailer recently which was really cool nice so Dope. you know that's kind of an independent trailer that's coming out but there's you know potential to where that could go and then i might be potentially producing the whole film so that would be right, something right, that's really right. cool right and that's going to be something that's exciting and that's not released yet so i can't talk about it but you know it could be something that's really cool but i'm more focused on making stuff that i want to make and then having an understanding that it's going to come to me when the when the time comes right. too. Uh, right. Freelancing a bit. Yeah. Plus, I just I like the freedom of it because I I've thought about you know like what kind of jobs I'd want to work and stuff like that. But I'm also like, wait, I have time right now to make whatever I want, and I don't think a lot of people get that chance. And a yeah. lot of people all of a sudden they get this get get a job or something like that, and then they can't do this. So I'm living in this time where I'm like. I have my own studio. I've built my own studio, like in my room with, you know, nice microphones, all the equipment that you hear in the Wasted Race and stuff like that. That's completely recorded in my room. Yeah. Obviously, other than, you know, the actual audio from the race. But, right, right. Um, you know, so I just have this opportunity to use all this nice stuff and make cool stuff on my own. And, and, and that's just what I want to do. And then, you know, eventually we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, it's fire. But, yeah, I'll still be doing freelance audio stuff all the time, doing production stuff. And then just trying to get better so I can, you know, I think from my first podcast to my second one, I made a huge jump. A huge wise. jump. I and, agree. I and, agree. 100%. Just story structure wise, too. I think I was a much better host and yeah. I was a much better. My voice got better, too. So it's like, OK, now I made a jump. Now you got to make the next jump. So yeah. it's just continuing to get better and just doing that. So. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. You still watching sports? Obviously, you're a sports radio producer, so I know you're always going to be tuned in, but will, like yeah. you're working in education now. Yeah. You're you're hey, you're, get off you're at hosting five. podcasts like the Wester. <laughs> I get off at 5. <laughs> Sports, you know, I get I get off early enough to still watch some sports. I mean, you've yeah. been a blazer, yeah, forever. Been a blazer, so you, forever, you you've been yeah. a blazer forever. You were no. you were the resident blazer fan yeah, on our am. radio show still back am. in the day. Still am, still am. What do you think about what's going on with the Blazers? They All obviously right. tanked this Here season. We go. Yeah. Uh, what's your you know, theory? What's, is, what's your theory? This is a tough subject, so if I get a little emotional, don't don't mind. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Um, 
I this is this is to take a positive out of such a negative season is at least they have a direction. Do there there's a direction here. And I at least I have never in in and since I've watched the Blazers, since I became a big fan in probably what, two thousand six. Right. Um it feels like every year they've been pretty mid, like, you yeah. know, eighth seed, sixth seed, you know, the couple times they're the third seed, something like that, which was great. But they've never been a championship contender other than maybe 2019. But that was kind of a surprise year when they made the Western Conference Finals. And obviously they still weren't a contender because they got swept. Um, so this year, since the All-Star break, it's been nice to be like, okay. At least we're tanking a hundred percent. Yeah, you know, at least we're actually we're not trying to get into the play-in. Which right, right. Arguably, they could have maybe made they the play-in. Yeah, the schedule Ant was, was terrible. Play- if Ant was playing, if Ant was playing. Nurk yeah, was playing. Nurk was Josh playing. Hart was playing. Yeah, the, the 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 final part of their schedule is horrific. It's yeah. horrific. Like it's yeah. bad. It's bad for tanking. I'll tell yeah, you. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> definitely bad for tanking, and yeah. they still figured out a way to yeah. tank. <laughs> so I, I look at it from that positive. There is a little bit of a direction you could you get a top five top six pick chance you get higher 30 percent chance you get top four um you 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 take that you move hopefully new orleans doesn't make the playoffs you move the new orleans pick hopefully they for probably will now yeah. that the lakers are eliminated well maybe i mean they still got to win two games to get in yeah because we got the spurs yeah they probably beat They'll the spurs be but in, then yeah. they you know they got to beat one of the the timberwolves or the right or um who's the other team in there but you know, well, they got to win two games. The Lakers. Yeah, yeah, they got to yeah. Teams that, that we shouldn't be talking about anyway. Yeah. They're playing teams. Yeah, exactly. Until they get to the playoffs, they'll yeah. be relevant again. Yeah. But go ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> you move that New Orleans pick. The big theory now is Jeremy Grant, um, mm-hmm. you know, who I've seen a lot of good, a lot of bad for. I get both. But what I, I think he's a super talented wing, which is what they've always needed. Right. Um, you know, so... Then your starting five's not looking that bad. Yeah. You're looking at Dame Ant, you're looking at Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, and Nurk. That's not a bad starting five in today's NBA, especially. Yeah. Um, and then you got all these guys who've been playing all these minutes. Uh, you know, some people know their names. I love uh, that you said though, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I love yeah. that you said today's NBA, especially because yeah. there's no more super teams. No, no. The most you have, I think, is a few big threes. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think the Bucks are a legitimate big three. And even people question that still. I think I, I'd question it maybe a little I bit. I think Giannis <laughs> Drew and Chris Middleton are a big three. And I think that became yeah, a thing yeah. when they won the title last year. Yeah. I don't like think a, they were like I don't think I don't think they were a big three when they first came together. Yeah. They just had potential to be really good. Yeah. But winning a championship matters. And I think that kind of expedited them to be a legitimate big three That's and they're true. still looking like champions <laughs> right now yeah, like yeah they are I, I don't i can't name a team definitively in the nba that i think is better than the bucks Suns. i don't think they're better than the bucks I, are, are they having a better season than the yeah. bucks at this point yes but when i start talking about playoffs and like last year's finals and last everything. year's finals like the the Suns still gotta knock the bucks off yeah, that's true. So the, so you have that element to it. But even still, like Giannis, Drew, mm-hmm. Chris Middleton, they're, you got – they're deep. They got size. They can yeah. shoot. They got the best player in the NBA, I would say. Yeah. Definitely most dominant. Like, yeah. yeah. It, it's like they have everything necessary to, like, win a championship, in my opinion. 
I, that's not saying the Suns aren't contenders and the Suns aren't great, but I can't definitively say that I think the Suns are better than the Bucks. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, I can't you know definitively say that I think the Suns will beat the Bucks in a series because I don't. I think I think you got a good point there. Yeah, you're right. I I, I, I would agree with you. I, I I do think that it's hard to say that just based off of where both teams are and everything like that. But you know. The Suns have had a, a pretty a historic year. regular and, and season. And by the way, I'm not shitting on the Suns because I've been on this podcast and every other podcast. <laughs> I am sick of you people who just figured out that Devin Booker was an MVP candidate yeah, last that week. ridiculous. What are we talking about? Like, I was one of the people, Partee, Chris Partee, he's yeah. like writing that dead spin now. And yeah, yeah. He hosts the NBA podcast and he had me on the podcast. I think it was around like, it was like trade, trade deadline time. Sure. And I know I went out kind of on a limb saying this and I know that this wasn't the popular thing to say because Ja Morant was having such a great year. I thought Devin Booker should have been a starter in the All-Star game over Ooh, Ja Morant. Okay. All right. I felt that then. Yeah. So the people that are just catching on to like the fact that Devin Booker is having an MVP caliber season right now, like yeah. I'm like, bro, are y'all really just now seeing this? Yeah. And, and and this isn't even just because of the success that they're having this season. And obviously, only this season matters when you talk about the MVP conversation for this season, of course. But like the trajectory of his career, yeah, should show you. This dude is a legitimate MVP mm -hmm. caliber player, and I feel like people are just starting to realize that, like, two weeks ago. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. Like, why do you think people are sleeping on him? Is it because, like, the, is the, like, the two guard has kind of started to die down yes. a little bit? Is that a little bit of it? Or is like, but why are sleep people sleeping on Booker? I don't get it, especially after the year that they had last year, and, like, now they're the, you know— 60 plus wins and best team in the NBA and it's like they're still I, sleeping on him. You know what? I don't even think it's I think it I do agree with you that the the two position like from like a general societal standpoint has lost value the yeah. way people view it. I think you got to be like kind of a hoop head to understand the value of that particular position. Yeah. Um but I think he's kind of dealing with what Dame has dealt with and even what Giannis is still dealing with, because, again, I think Giannis is the best player in the world. I think this is Giannis's league. Yeah. And I felt that on July, what was that, July 20th, 2021, when he dropped 50 yeah. to get the Suns out of here. Like, that piece. particular moment, yeah. he didn't have to prove to me anymore, like, yeah. you're the baddest dude in the world when it comes to this hoop shit. You done already yeah. won MVPs, Defensive player, Players of the Year. Yeah. Obviously, now you're a champion. And the way you closed, because closing matters in those arguments – and those conversations in particular, but like they're obviously in small markets. But then I think it's also like Dame says it all the time about his himself because he's obviously felt slept on in his career. Mm -hmm. It's like consistency is boring. Yeah. And like true. Booker doesn't necessarily do the flashy stuff that you're going to see every once in a while because it's so freakish that it's just something that probably shouldn't happen. But John ja Morant, of all people, was able to do it because that's, that's the kind of player he is. Obviously, he's a great player. He produces at the highest of levels. Like I'm not saying John ja Morant shouldn't be in the conversation at mm -hmm. all, but mm -hmm. John ja Morant does shit that we've never seen before. And the excitement of knowing that he could do something that we've like never seen before, night in and night out, has everybody intrigued by that of John ja Morant. Yeah. With Booker, I'm going to go out every game. I'm going to give you 25. Every game, I'm going to give you five rebounds. 
every game I'm going to be able to light up whoever's guarding. Like, every game I'm going to give you the same result. My team's going to win, and that's just what it's going to be. And Dame was one of those guys. Like, every game you knew Dame was going to get off. Every year you knew Dame was going to get his team to the playoffs. Like, but some years he wasn't even an all-star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? True. It's like, I feel like Booker's just kind of going through that same thing where he's just so consistent at what he does as a player. Yeah. And his team, obviously, is is consistent in winning basketball games that we're just like, yeah, they're yeah. just doing their thing. But So you think maybe because his game's not flashy enough. His he's game's hitting, not he's flashy enough. He's pull up 18-footers every, uh, every, all, all day. He's doing the same shit over and, and over and over and over. people just don't realize how crazy that is. And when did Dame start, a, when did Dame start getting his credit? When, when he starts shooting from shots. half court. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dame has always been that dude. We we yeah. know that. You yeah. know what I mean? We're here in the market. Yeah. But until Dame started pulling from half court, yeah. he wasn't getting the credit he deserved as like a superstar in this league. Yeah. Booker's not pulling from half court yet, but yeah. he's, he's shredding you with those 18-footers night in yeah. and yeah. night out. Yeah. He's beating you the same way over and over and yeah. over again, and he's just not getting any credit for it. And I don't like it, and I'm calling bullshit on that earlier than most because I've been calling bullshit on it for a good portion of this season. Yeah. Um, but I am glad that people are finally starting to see like, no, this dude should have been an MVP candidate this entire time. Yep. We shouldn't have waited till the last three weeks of the season to finally start having this conversation in a real way. Yeah. What's what's crazy about him and what I really love about how he's grown as a player is like I think we always saw this this ability that he had you know, obviously he's a king of the mid-range game. He's got a silky smooth jump shot. I mean, you know, and he just has such good control. But Phoenix was so bad all those years. All those, yeah. But we saw, I mean, he scored 70 in the game, you know, all right. that stuff, all this crazy stuff. I was like, okay, this this dude can play, but his team sucks. Then all of, a, all of a sudden they get good, and you saw it in the bubble when they went 8-0 and everything it's like oh the game's slowing down for this guy yes. he understands yes. he understands how to win now he's making winning plays he's not going out there and trying to score 70 or whatever you right. know he's he he's making winning plays and that's been the difference with him in the last 2 years is he understands that yeah he's the best player on the court almost yeah. every night he's the best player on the court right and, but he knows now what he needs to do to make Phoenix win. And I think Chris Paul has been a big part of that. Yeah. Obviously, Monty Williams has been a big part of that. And he's I love still a Monty young Williams. man. And yeah. Monty Williams is great, yeah. by the way. Should yeah. be coach of the year, especially he be. because he, he got snubbed be. last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, as, as even shout out to Ime Udoka. Like, I'm glad he's in the conversation now, but it yeah. still should be Monty Williams, hands down. Agreed. Um, but no, I agree with you. The game is slowed down, but that happens when you get older. Like, yeah. Devin Booker, he's still pretty young. Like, 26, 26. 27. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. he's still a young player. He's yeah. just now hitting what should be his prime years of his career. But again, that's also something that I feel like not to compare him, but to compare him. Like, I love Ja Morant. I love what he's able to do. I love his mentality. He's a dog. But to me, Devin Booker's game just seems so much more sustainable if I'm sitting in the seat of a GM. Yeah. Because, yeah, while Ja might do something crazy, like, I. I cringe every time he lifts off because I'm afraid for the way that he can end up landing one of these days because he's already not a big dude, but he's so fucking fearless. And we've yeah. seen we've seen Russell Westbrook be that guy and deal with some pretty significant injury in his career. Obviously, Derrick Rose, like, I, I don't wish injury on anybody, but I do genuinely get afraid every time I see John Morant take off where Devin Booker again. 
it, he's going to be able to do that yeah. for a long time. So you're taking you're taking five years. If you had to pick between five years from now, Booker, five years of Jaw, you're taking you're I, taking Booker. I'm, I'm taking Booker, and yeah. that doesn't mean that Jaw can't end up being better. Yeah. Because Jaw is still really young, yeah. and and I'm so hoping, young. and there is obviously a chance that he doesn't get injured, and I hope that's what actually happens. Yeah. But as far as like. Me feeling secure in myself <laughs> about what's best hey, for the that's team. Important self care. It is. I, it is important, obviously, because you have to be able to stand on and believe in the product that you're putting out there in the sure. position that you sit in. Yeah, I'm, I feel more secure with with a Devin Booker than I do with John Morant for that the next sense. five years. Five years from now, however, what you just frame that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I would. I'd take. I'd probably take Booker too. But I also just. I just love the two position. I think it's just from like, yeah, like nineties, two thousands basketball. Just like watching Jordan, two guards Kobe, go at it. Yeah, yeah. like even yeah. even my guy B Roy. B Roy. Uh, yeah, just watching yeah, a good, yeah. watching a t- a great two guard battle is was like so fun. And there is part of me that's like kind of sad that it doesn't really exist anymore. Like the all the two guards are like shooters, just you know, just pure shooters, or shooting, right. You know, and so it was just it, I I do miss you know. And it's so weird to say because the like the '90s, 2000s NBA, you know, was slower and so much, so much more defensive oriented and all that stuff. But I part of me misses like a good game with like two two just great guards going at it. And yeah, they're not shooting threes every time. time yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, so I'm so fucking old. Dude. <laughs> I'm so fucking old. I'm like, they're shooting two We're many OGs, threes. man. We're they're OGs too now, man. Yeah. <laughs> take it to the rim. That is an OG take yeah. right there. That is yeah. an OG take. Yeah. Well, tell the listeners, man, where to find the podcast. You know, obviously, I wanted you to obviously talk about it, introduce Thank it you, to Thank our you. listeners without giving away the storyline of Thank the you. actual podcast. No, I appreciate it. Because that's hard sometimes. It's like, yeah, I want to talk to you about the podcast, but I've yeah. already listened to it. Yeah. And I know everything about it, but I want people to actually go listen to it, be intrigued by yeah. what we're talking about, and be able to be just as as, as surprised and fulfilled as I was by awesome. way of the content. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, so it's called The Wasted Race. It's out on all platforms, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that stuff. There's like... Hundreds of them. I don't even know what the hell they're called. It's, it's on it. I promise it's you. It's everywhere, like yeah. air and all yeah. over the place, like space. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's it's called the Wasted Race. Just search it. You'll find it. Um, and then you know the Tequila Experiment's my first one, so that's on there too. And then it's just under the feed Alex Moore, so it's just under my name. So yep. that's that's where you'll find that. And you'll find some more content coming coming soon too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And when it comes, you know where you gotta you gotta come sit down and you gotta talk to us about it, man. Oh, you know I will. You gotta come talk to us. I think what, this is my fourth, third or fourth time on third here. Third or fourth. I think on the fifth time you said I'd get a jacket or something. So, yeah, we'll get you some. So uh, yeah, yeah, let's me... let's call it four. <laughs> yeah. Let's hurry up and okay. make some content, damn it. <laughs> 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 on that note, we're gonna leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win. Yeah.